Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Our Way. Today is the 21st of September 2020. I'm Flo. And I'm Sam. And today, let's start by going back in time. And we're going to also continue our kind of theme from our last podcast. But today, we wanted to really focus on kind of retrospective advice for high schoolers and university students. Really, the question is, what advice would we give to our younger selves, um, but as well to the 18-year-old um, out there? So, yep. Sam, what would you, what would you, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self, really? Um, like the number one advice I think of is just do more. Mm. Um, because sometimes I regret not doing enough when I was at that age because in when you enter uni right you have a lot of free time and i think that's when you really get like this a sense of freedom for the first time and you're really responsible for everything you do mm. so i kind of regret not doing enough mm. yeah. but i mean also in the sense that you kind of also ha- can say that for at any age though True. Yeah, <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. But um, what I mean by that is like because uni uni life is a very limited amount of time, right? Mm, it's that's very true. Ch- it's very cherished, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really the time where you like very cliche, but like kind of find yourself. Yeah. You really you make you make a lot of friends mm. that think like think alike, and you kind of sound kind of sounds bad, but you weed out people that um you kind of don't like you kind of know the people you, <laughs> you, figure, you yeah. like hanging out with and yeah. you don't like hanging out with so it's a very good experimental phase of your life and mm. i wish i was more experimental mm. that's kind of what i meant yeah to give a bit more context um 18 18 year old for our time is that's probably about when you're in year, year 12 which is your final year of high school mm. or tertiary education secondary education sorry mm-hmm. and um it's when for australia it's when you do your big state exam which mm-hmm. pretty much dictates what score you have um to get into university or your particular mm-hmm. university and university degree um when when i look at this question what advice would we give to eight, our 18 year old self honestly i think of our friend um, michael who uh who was who oh, worked yeah. at Austin with us and just thinking about what he was doing. He was mm-hmm. like also doing the Austin program while doing HSC. Um, yeah. He's so, actually a very big inspiration. Mm-hmm. But it's, people should, yeah. yeah Maybe we should have him on one time. Like, oh, definitely. I think podcast, that would be yeah. great. I think he would also love that too. Um, but I guess to illustrate our point, it's, it's for me, it was, there was just a the validation and the actualization of someone who actually is going out there and doing things, getting things done, Mm -hmm. regardless of their age. I think the biggest thing growing up was like, oh, you go to university after high school or like uh, at a certain age, you do this type thing. You know, it's kind of like uh, not in the sense pigeonholing you, but you're just waiting for each stage to happen, which I also understand, but it's, it also limits you in a sense. It's like I have yeah, friends I, who graduated universe. I mean, graduated high school only when they're sixteen. I remember there was one girl who um, graduated as she was sixteen. And I was just like, whoa! But like we treated her exactly the same. But yeah, you were saying? 
Um, yeah, what you, what you said before was kind of kind of reminded me of what what my auntie told me when I was mm-hmm. maybe twelve or thirteen. This was when I was still back in Malaysia, right? And in Malaysia, we have like three or four big exams in high school. One year oh yeah, six. you mentioned this in the last podcast. Yeah, one grade six, one year nine, one in year eleven, one year twelve. So mm-hmm. that's four, right? Mm-hmm. So this is after I finished my my year six exam, mm-hmm. and she. My auntie was like, "Oh, that's the first step." Then, then she told me there's still like five more steps to go. It's uh, your your nine exam, your year eleven exam, your twelve mm. exam, your uni exams, your bachelor's, your master's, your PhD. Wow. So, when that why what you said reminded me of that is because that's kind of the road to success for mm. Asians, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think definitely can relate to that. Um, yeah. But I guess it's like what I wanted to highlight with this point was that people think that, oh, when they hit a certain point, obviously the st- stage they're at opens up doors for them. For example, mm-hmm. when they get to university, then they can do club work. They can do like this mm-hmm. and that, and, or they go get work experience and things like that. Or even if we push it back before 18, I think when you're 16 in New South Wales, we have this thing called work experience. Yep. So that's a 10. Yeah, you guys yeah. have that too. And, but realistically speaking, like retrospectively speaking, actually, you don't need to be only like a certain age to go and get work experience. Like I remember applying for internships and things mm-hmm. like that. And I'm thinking like, oh, am I at the right point of my degree? Because certain job applications for internships and experiences, they're like, first years, second years, penultimate year students, yeah. or final year students type thing. And it seems they make it look like if you're not, if you don't you fit that category. You need a subject requirement to yeah. do this, but you definitely you, do not. If yeah. you don't fit the bill exactly, you can't apply, even though that's completely not true. Like as, mm. as you said, like Michael, instead of um, just doing HSC, which is what most kids would be doing, or your year 12 exam, studying and prep, Mm-hmm. It's also working, getting other experience, running a boot camp type thing. Mm-hmm. It's and I I guess like moving into choosing university and getting the university experience, it's do not wait for to fit that role job description perfectly yep. if you think you have the guns for it. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think um um like applying for jobs like when when the job description says oh you need to be this this and that or you need to have experience of this this and that it's very very negotiable i reckon mm. but i like, think it's also you have to think about the depth of that job description like why do they want mm-hmm. that level of experience or why do they want these types of box boxes checked is it because they want uh, the job that um the job description and the job role itself action requires this kind of work um and then is there other ways for you to get this or to kind of balance out and quantify mm-hmm. that experience but in a different way yep so uh, and i think that's also reflective in job descriptions nowadays where instead of it being like you know this many years of experience they kind of they're gearing to more of a attitude and a mindset and mm-hmm. instead of uh, like this this uh, the certifications and things like because realistically, everyone can learn it. Yeah, honestly, I I always push for push for this, right? Mm. I always say that 
like what what I'm doing now at work. Anyone、mm. can do this. I'm not very special.、Mm. Like I might have the role of consultant, but、mm-hmm. what the work I'm doing is not consulting.、Mm. So I, I I'm way、mean. too young to cons. I'm too way too way too young and way too inexperienced. Junior, junior,、yeah. not too, too young. You're never too young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What、well, I mean, yeah, I'm. What I mean is inexperienced、mm-hmm. to consult any to consult on anything that a business would pay for my advice, quote unquote、mm-hmm. advice. So、mm-hmm. what I'm doing is mostly just learning、mm-hmm. and helping out with other people who are actually、mm-hmm. consulting. So,、mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna go back and just quickly touch on choosing university degrees from an eighteen-year-old. So,、yep. I think. Thinking back when, I, I think this also depends on personal experiences and things like.、That. It's understanding the kind of person you are and just also going for what you're interested in.、Mm-hmm. But I think strategically, what I would advise my younger self to do is honestly go for the. Obviously, gun for your highest ATA or your highest scoring. Yep. <laughs> and then. Going for reputable degrees or、um, ones that are like you know harder to get into and things like that, but it's more so if you are not sure of what exactly you want to do, because this is、yep. like a rule sum for life. It's easier for you to jump from the hardest thing to an easier thing or a、um, more attainable thing than the other way around. Yeah. So if you if you jump and you achieve the highest and you know it turns out not to be what you want, which is completely fine, like、um, but you've demonstrated that you have the discipline,、um, the just the backbone to actually get there、mm-hmm. and the hard work,、um, and that can easily apply to everything else that you do. But ver- vice versa, if you go from、um, and not、uh, more. I don't. Even, the wording here is very. Yeah, I, I know what you know, I know what you know you're what about、I'm、to、thinking. say. Yeah, and I think so, whoever listening to this will also know what we're trying to say. Hopefully, hopefully. But, But yeah, it reminds me of my friend who um he um in year twelve in high school he did very well in bi bi biology、mm-hmm. and all the science subjects and all the math subjects.、Mm-hmm. So when he went to uni, he started out bio biomed.、Mm. He started out biomed with um double degree in biomed and commerce. Oof, very nice. And yeah, very very intense two degrees together,、mm-hmm. especially.、Mm-hmm. Um, then after the one year, he he realized that biomed wasn't what he, what he wanted to do, so he just transferred over just to do a pure、um, commerce degree.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So But, yeah, perfect example ex- for what of、yeah. what he said. Yeah. Exactly, and I think as well,、um, don't shy away from intensive environments, intensive learning environments. Some people, obviously, some people don't pre- pre-、uh, perform well under pressure. But if you can demonstrate you can handle it earlier on, it gives a lot more confidence in other people's view on your abilities and what、yeah. they want you to do, type thing. Because like you I... might not have any experience in whatever you want to do next,、mm-hmm. but it's the fact that you have the tenacity or just、yeah. the grit to be able to do anyway.、Yeah. I I always say this、um, that like while we're young, like、um, like maybe under twenty five, not、mm-hmm. no offense to anyone over twenty five, <laughs> but that's just personally like my my goal.、Um, when we when we're young, 
and we don't have any responsibilities like that anchor, anchor us down. We need to use um, our like quote unquote peak mental and physical um, capabilities to its maximum. So mm. right now, when we're at that age where we can afford to um, put our bodies and brain under more, um, we have more stress capacity. Th- this mm. is when we should like. Um, flood ourselves i guess <laughs> expose ourselves to as much as possible yeah. right now <clears throat> i completely agree it, yeah yeah it's <clears throat> just your energy capacity as well yeah um <clears throat> but i think the one of the big things is the responsibilities of being an adult and things like that no um, mortgages, obviously <laughs> no kids. well yeah i mean like you might already be opting to do those kinds of things earlier on and the earlier on also kind of the better it's kind of like how fast you grow up mm-hmm. um like don't wait to grow up in a sense, but mm-hmm. enjoy your youth. It's kind of like counterintuitive, but um, definitely that that freedom from responsibility, like concrete, not even responsibility. It's just more so commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, commitment. I think that's a better word. It's like fam, like building a family, um, mortgage, a house, or a property, and things like that. Or, for example, if your job later down the track requires even more from mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not have the capacity to pursue other interests or try out new different things. And like one of the biggest things that I I probably took for a bit lighter, but I definitely needed to hear it every single time I was trying something different out. It was whether, regardless of what kind of experience the next one will be, even if you don't find out what you want to do for the rest of your life, like we're all looking for, um, you'll at least figure out what you don't like. Yep. I think and, this is yeah. um, what people don't realize is important as well. Yeah. Sure, like finding what you like to like to do, what your passion is, is very, yeah. very cool and very, um, is what we all want, right? Mm. But finding finding out what you don't like is, I think is equally as important. Because mm. there's, there's too, there are too many things out there to do. There is a lot and, of things yeah, out there to do. And expecting and yourself to find what you love to do immediately and in, within yeah. a short time, within 18, like 20, 20 years of your life is mm. very, very, like, I think you have to be very lucky to do that. I'm just lucky. Just You also have to have a great deal of knowledge about yourself. And yeah. I think uh, it's, it's next to impossible to really know yourself until you go through things. Mm-hmm. And the experiences, the hardships, what you like, what you don't like, understanding how you work, how you work with other people as well. Um, and that itself is, it takes time. And mm-hmm. honestly, I've, I've definitely started to feel that like, before I was struggling to like, oh, what's the perfect thing to do next type. But now it's more so this like, I've had a flood of things of, that I want to do and now I'm just, I'm doing as much as I can. Because in the end, it's you only have capacity, like we said earlier, we only have capacity for um, And of course, you know, there's always a theory of like, you know, you can die tomorrow type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not live life to the fullest while you can type? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. Oh, what else? Oh, I also wanted to touch. And in terms of your, oh, Wait, before we go too far, too far, quickly, choosing universities, 
honestly, go for brand. <laughs> Same thing uh-huh. with um, go for brand or go for exactly the requirement that you're looking for. But it, what you're looking for really is that flexibility. And because in the end, it's something that goes on your resume. And what stands out on a resume is not just the experience and the quality of the experience, but what people choose to rely on is the brand, the branding yeah. behind the company. Or yeah, honestly, in this, in this case, is institution. Mm. Honestly, like, although I really dislike how true this is, but yeah, I have to agree. Yeah. The, the brand name of your university is really, really strong. Like, yeah. I, I did a Bachelor of Arts, right? Mm-hmm. Although, but I never say it's Bachelor of Arts. I always tell people, okay, I studied economics and psychology, but that's mm-hmm. under arts. I don't mm-hmm. say arts because there's a stigma to arts. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're an art kid. You, mm-hmm. you studied geography. What you can do with that? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> political mm-hmm. science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because I say economics and psychology and I say University of Melbourne, people kind of look at me differently. Like when I tell people at work I came from Melbourne Uni, they're like, oh, what a smart kid. And they can't make fun of me for it. Mm, so, so it's kind of like just bringing, you're, you're honestly trying, well, not trying. What it does, it, it extends your brand image mm-hmm. by sticking that brand title and all the positives that come with it. Obviously, there could be negatives with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it honestly just really depends on what context as well. For example, mm. what Sam just said in terms of like, you know, saying that you did an economics, um, economics and psychology degree. It's also because we want to be in a business role. So mm-hmm. that appeals a lot more to your recruiters, um, to your prospective employee, employers. Um, so it's not to say that like, you know, the, the, the second or third tier universities aren't as good, but it's just more so you are trying to set yourself up for options for the future. And that's really what you want. Um, One of the advices that I got from my parents is what you're trying to earn right now are options for the future. So you can Mm. have a choice. Mm. It's the same thing with, um, for example, saving up money, Mm. which is also really important guys. Saving up money, working um, if you can and everything. But realistically, money does give you opportunities, gives you options. Um, the easiest way I can say this is that if you want that, um, want, even going to university obviously costs money. That as well, especially overseas, is a very different system compared to ours in Australia. But that can really decide where you go university. I have, I know of a story where um, over in the States, some people will choose not to go to the top tier universities purely because of the cost. Too expensive. It's yeah. just too expensive. Um, obviously, that's on a much grander scale. But in, on like a more relatable scale, it's like, for example, going on that holiday, going on an exchange program, mm-hmm. um, or even like traveling to certain places or uh, eating at certain places. You can't get those experiences without money. And that's yeah. the next thing I actually really want to talk about is like, the whole realistic component of your financial health and stability. Because I think realistically, um, it's great to choose um, roles. If you know what you want to do, gun it, go for it, um, pursue it, it's your entire capacity is fantastic. Mm. But you have to be realistic that being an adult, 
being studying comes with a cost. Um, if you're living at home, fantastic. I mean, that means hopefully you don't have to pay too much rent, or if you pay board and things like that, that's great financial education. But you have to be realistic about the cost. You can't study、um, the stars and not expect to pay rent. It's it's something unfortunate that yes, runs the world. It's our mode of exchange. It's undeniable, and you can't.、Mm. And don't be naive. I say, I guess is probably the best way. Don't be naive about it.、Um, yeah.、Um, and my friend goes, no offense. <laughs> yeah, I've heard this good advice by I can't remember who it is, but some podcaster as well.、Mm-hmm. Um, it's it. This is targeted towards towards creative people, right? Who want、mm-hmm. to pursue their、um, dream in a creative art, like let's say music, um, art. Um, Writing, whatever. It's we have to be realistic about it. Like,、um, uh, what I mean by this is, you have to make sure you can put food on the table first. That's、exactly. kind of priority number one.、Mm. Then have to make sure you have time to pursue,、um, do your creative thing.、Mm, yeah. yeah, because so, yeah, because being a creative in this world is very very hard. Mm. And making it just doesn't pay as well. It most of the time it does not pay a single、mm. cent. Like、mm. pe- there are I there are a lot of people who love to paint, who love music, who love、um, content creating, doing YouTube videos, whatever.、Mm-hmm. But only a very 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 small amount of people get paid to do to to do that.、Mm. So we all have to kind of be all the creatives have to be、um, realistic. And、mm. we have to make sure we get food on the table first, then, then、um, attend to our creative needs. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's really important because in the end, you need to feed yourself before you can, so you can actually even pursue that dream and everything. But in saying that, I think it's also really important if you are、um, gunning for a field that. Doesn't pay as well or isn't looking as financially stable and things like that. Think of ways to make it financially stable. Like yeah, for example, if you if you love singing, you love arts and things like that. It's like building out digital content. The internet is your oyster. <laughs> so building the world is your oyster. The internet is your oyster. And just finding ways to monetize it, even though yes, it might change your creative process. But you have to be realistic about it, or you have to have other avenues、um, of financial stability, just so that you can continue this passion. It's not asking you to, like, you know,、um, go do a corporate job for ten years and then, and then after the ten years is done, go and start doing arts types so you can fund yourself. It's finding a balance of being able to express both sides, but being realistic about it.、Mm-hmm. Well, I think. Can we really talk about the? I I don't know if this advice is right or wrong, right? Because we're still in the progress process of being on our way, right? No pun、mm-hmm. intended. But that's <laughs> but that's the thing, though. I I still think that,、um, for example, my current、um, side projects and things like that,、mm-hmm. they are not they're not financially stable. And but this is the thing. Like I still have a、um, a full time corporate job,、um, nine to five, and things like that. So and I'm 
being realistic. It's it's being aware of the fact that, you know, I need to pay for rent or I need to put food in, on my own table and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I also still want to pursue the passions, interests, I think, and hobbies that are, and projects, really. I think that's probably the best word, projects that I want to pursue right now. Mm. Um, but actually, just thinking about that, um, I also wanted to touch on the fact that another important piece of advice that I think would be really crucial for my younger self is really kind of drilling the idea that you can change your mind. So Elaborate. So basically, I think growing up, I was always under the impression it's like, okay, you, um, you go to high school, you go to university, you do this. So I've set my, mm -hmm. I want to do psychology. I want to do marketing. Um, I want to do business and things like that. And the fact is, is that whatever you're doing at that point in time, whatever your interests are at that point in time, 100%, go for it and give it your all. But don't be scared of the fact like, oh, what if I give it my all and then I change my mind? Mm -hmm. It's the the rea <laughs> reality is, is that you probably will change your mind, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because it's you have new information or new experience about that particular thing. Yep. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's, yep. and it's I think not that's a, very good advice. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it plays on the, um, I'm not sure if you know this um, concept. It's called sunk cost. Yes. In economics, yeah, yes. I think um, it's very um, and a, a very illog illogical argument that a lot of people make when they make decisions. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, let's say you're two years in your, into your degree and they mm. and you oh, stumble yes, on something that you you stumble on something that you really like, and you have one year of your your degree that I you really don't really like, like it left. Yeah. But you you found something that you you think you like and you want yeah. to pursue. Yeah. So I think that was that was me. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't make that jump. <laughs> but I think I sh I really should have. Mm. So I in my third start of my third year, I because I was exposed to technology at work, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to change my course to computer science. Mm. But I never did because of the the very illogical argument of but there's only one year left. Mm. I might as well finish this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think thinking back is very illogical. I really should have just dropped dropped it, restarted it, and there's actually no rush. Because yeah. right now the job that I do, I can I can do this without um without the degree I have. So mm. I think it's I I think that's very also dependent on your situation because I can yeah, remember yeah, yeah. Thinking um, when I jumped straight psych into a double degree instead, um, but I I, did, I realized it quite early on, so I I'm definitely thankful for that, and I mm. did make my jump quite quite quickly. Um, yep. Obviously, it's like strategizing the best way that you can explore both options mm -hmm. um, with the current time that you have. Um, Finishing your degree earlier is is better, but the only reason why the only way that it can justify better finishing early is that you get other experiences earlier. You get what mm. I mean? So, in terms of the sunk cost, hundred percent. I think a lot of people do 
get stuck in this issue where they are so scared of changing changing their mind. Mm-hmm. But it's not even just um, changing mind. It's just changing your degree and things like that, changing your trajectory. Mm-hmm. It's also the cost involved. Yeah. Um, it's how, okay. So if I go back and if I redid another whole degree and just like spent three years doing it, um, that's double the cost. So it's understanding and factoring those things. But I think in the end, you should really also listen to your gut. Mm. Um, if you don't want to listen to your gut, because, uh, well, to be fair, I'm, I can imagine myself when I was younger being like, I don't know anything. Like, why would I listen to myself? Mm. Go and, and this is also, this is going into my next piece of advice. It's going out and talking to people who have already lived that life. And having as many people tell you their story and their thought process. Um, because pretty much you can learn from other people's mistakes. Yep. And even though I did talk to like numerous people who are older than me and things like that in terms of their experiences, you need a, a definite large enough sample size and large enough story base to really get that through your head. Because I remember like even though I listened to someone and they would give me advice and things like that. And then I'll be like, ah, oh, nah, type thing. Like, that doesn't really apply. Or like, oh, no, I'll, it'll be different for me, type thing. Yeah, I think um, th- th- that this is very true. Like, mm. getting advice is very, very important because um, although, like, some people, when you they give you advice, it doesn't really resonate with you. I mm. think you need, a, when you speak to more people, one person, realize. one person's story will really resonate with you and some one sentence they say this, this is for me personally mm. just one sentence they say will change your whole perspective mm. it was so just very click. important yeah exactly so it's very important to talk to a lot of people mm. yeah and because, um yeah utilizing of the fact that you're a student mm-hmm. is huge I yeah think people a, really underestimate that yeah it's a very good um yeah, you can use the the title of student very. Uh, you can leverage that very very easily because um, back then, remember the the startup that I tried to do. It's the the app, the um, sporting app, sports club app. Hello. Yep, I can hear. Yep. Oh, sorry. sorry, I thought you you dropped off there, but um, <laughs> that's okay. yeah, that sports club app I tried to do. So, mm-hmm. I. So I needed um, surveys from actual sports clubs, right? My uh, my client base. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So what I did was just um, leverage myself as a student trying to do a uni project, and sent sent out as many emails using my um, uni email as possible yeah. to sports clubs, and that, uh, I I actually got quite a lot of responses. Uh, maybe like seventy five percent or ninety percent response rate. Yeah. Be- just because there's. Um, a university My name at unimail.com.au yeah. yeah. just yeah. because of that. I, I'm pretty sure because when I use my Gmail account, they n- never got it's any completely responses. different response. Yeah. yeah. So people very, very who, powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that's the same thing as um, you should also understand the power of it is that um, your master's students, your and possibly PhD students actually, mm-hmm. will all have the same university email slug, which email ending. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, if I'm correct, and I'm pretty sure it's correct, <laughs> is that um, you use the same email address throughout yep. you your university yep. 
degree in Korea. Um, so in that sense, just kind of validating what Sam just said, it's that these sports clubs probably also thought that Sam might be a um, like a, math, a more senior student than he actually really is. Mm -hmm. um, but as well, just leveraging the fact that you are a student and you're there to learn. There is no agenda that normally comes with being just a student. There's no such thing like a negative. You're not trying to sell them anything. You're not mm -hmm. trying to um, get like anything like critical or yeah. like a competitive advantage type thing from them. It's a, it's a good like way to put your foot into the door. Yeah. Because I remember um, emailing this one guy. I got a phone call of him, and he was wow. a tech. And because the it's it's an app, right? It's a mm -hmm. what I tried to do was build an app. Mm. So and this guy w was coincidentally he was a tech tech professional. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So I got a phone call with him, maybe half an hour, mm -hmm. and I asked him, "Does this project?" I pitched a project to him, and I asked him, "Does this project have legs? Could, mm. could this work on its own?" Mm -hmm. let I, because he still thinks it's a uni project so mm. i asked him like if this was not a uni project would i be able to run with it and hopefully make money off this mm -hmm. and he gave me a lot of advice very mm. useful advice as well he talked because i didn't have very much tech um, exposure back then he talked mm -hmm. he told me a lot about the the databases how to sort sort that out and just pretty good practical advice so i was pretty lucky mm. Yeah, See? unfortunately, I didn't go ahead with that project, but yeah, mm. it's but just still. yeah, the the ability to put your foot in the door and get get a conversation with someone is very very strong when you're a student. Just People to put just it assume, in, yeah. yeah, yeah, just put it into perspective. If you um, you as a student versus you as outside on your own, just like mm -hmm. an average working day Joe emailing a uh let's say an executive of a company yes even though yes they might not actually even reply to either of you but if you were that executive who would you be more willing to reply the student who is probably in it very looking for advice people love giving advice, advice. <laughs> um the next generation type thing yeah um or versus you know another working adult that they probably get exposed to on a daily basis um, mm -hmm. And they have no information whatsoever about that other person as well. Remember that what Sam did with his university email, it, that, that whole branding of University of Melbourne also carries. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to say something, but I think <laughs> I forgot. That's okay. Um, the other thing that I want to touch on is working during university and yeah. also internships during something. Yeah. So we talked about earlier where I, I really want to emphasize that you do not have to wait for a certain time period or a certain stage of your university degree to go for an internship. If you mm -hmm. want experience, go and get it. If the if the whatever firm isn't taking those kinds of particular candidates, go out and get other experience in the meantime or um, or find a way to repackage yourself or get the right experience that is equivalent to that. Mm -hmm. For example, when they say that they want like a second year or third year student or penultimate year student, right? You have to understand why they want that. Um, is it because they, they wanna capture students at a certain time throughout their degree? Have they completed certain units? 
um, because a lot of the bigger firms or bigger uh, organizations and companies will have a look at a particular degree. For example, they want computer science students. They will want uh, a particular level of student because they've completed a certain core level unit. So that's like a basic understanding like, oh, so if you're already a second year student, you would have already completed X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And that's enough of a foundation for you to qualify for this role. Whereas if you can communicate that you've already learned X, Y, and Z without already, um, without being at second year, you're already at first year, you're only at first year, you can still apply. You just need to make sure that you communicate that mm. or find a way to get it in front of you. I think it's, it, the art of applying for jobs is definitely an art. And there is definitely a lot of dedication, motivation, and perseverance in it. Yep. But I think Just also um, <laughs> companies who specifically ask for like um, penultimate years mm. also do it because of a logistical reason. Mm -hmm. Because um, let's say internships, right? You're supposed mm -hmm. to do them at the end of your second year, right? Mm -hmm. You apply you apply at the start of first year, uh, mm -hmm. you the uh, start of second year. Mm -hmm. You get your internship offer at maybe like maybe August yeah. or like towards the end of the year, then you actually do internship end end of the year. Before you go to that at least that's in Australia. Yeah, yeah. That's also true. And it also um bearing in mind that they also want probably penultimate because it doesn't want to clash with their graduate program if they're running one. Yeah. So they're trying to differentiate between the types of experience and resources. So it's really understanding the kinds of companies you're going for and their thought process or their structure and why they're doing those things. And there's no, and also just being aware of this already separates you from everyone yeah. else. Yeah. And if you can muster up the courage and you don't even actually really need too much courage, just go and do, but asking these kinds of questions of like, why have you structured it this way? will really one, show you the way, um, the way that you think, um, but as well your exposure, what you're listening to, aka Conversations on Our Way podcast, <laughs> but as well, just the fact that you're willing to think outside of the box um, and ask those questions yeah. anyway. I think especially for like younger people who are applying for internships and graduates, mm -hmm. graduate roles, mm -hmm. I think the content of your resume is less important mm. because they understand that we are young and we don't have as much 100%. experience. Yeah. So what we have is what they want to see is passion mm. and potential. So the only the only way to see that is through, um, like very little things like how you speak, how you present yourself, how um, mm. like how detailed you like how well put together your resume is. Although it might not have as much content. Mm. It, so e even little things like as like. I worked a part-time job at um, Mackers. Mm -hmm. Like even that could show that this person is driven. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's kind of like showing, just trying to illustrate your point. If, okay, for example, you have two candidates and they only have worked at Mackers. They work the exact same job, mm -hmm. right? But if you think about it, the way that they present this resume in terms of, um, how well designed it is in terms of like the colors, the fonts, the clarity on it uh, versus someone who's just kind of done a text 
page of from a word document a with no resume. yeah with no uh, colors or word or um structure mm -hmm. it's kind of just like an adult point bullet form list mm -hmm. one you if you just visually compare the two you're already attracted to one this is yep. marketing 101 <laughs> <laughs> but as well it just displays the effort and the determination that you're going through to actually you know put your best foot yeah especially if you put the the colors in the company colors yeah. that might you... help help, help <laughs> yeah. a bit like versus like versus like a traditional yeah exactly like versus a traditional resume that you could ch literally chuck to any company mm -hmm. just think the, about it like yeah. would you want to read this resume when you're yeah. looking at your resume? resume building is an art but you don't have to be a designer like i think i remember looking at um, previous people's like portfolios and things like that and i'm just like wow type thing mm -hmm. but realistically there are tools out there that can really jazz up your resume without you having a de design degree using canva using 100 <laughs> percent, we love canva um but even even using the word document templates for resumes they they have templates i'm pretty sure yeah they do i haven't um, used word for a long like i'm like personally yeah. use word long time i'm not sure if they updated the templates or not but hopefully they made it more but it's better than a dot point form type. yeah definitely and it's also all about the research that you do into mm -hmm. this application process or just even going out and getting a job there are countless of videos and materials out there that pretty much you know do's and don'ts of certain companies what do they like what do they not like um also thinking about how their pro their hiring process is like that's just the deep dive of the research for the company and the role that you want yeah especially right now like everyone's yeah. trying to like strike big on youtube right <laughs> um there are a lot of i i'm pretty sure i when i was doing research i'm pretty sure i stumbled a lot of video people who made videos of like let's let's say they they successfully got a grad role in a big 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 four firm or like a big consulting firm they mm. like uh they do like a day in a life of me as a xxx um consulting consultant so and they gi usually give tips on like how do i end up here what what my life story is what they what they did and they can most of the time give insight to the company mm. and what their company culture is like so you can really use that to your advantage when you're applying so, mm, and it's not just consulting it's any industry like yeah. i i remember um i have friends who wanted to work in like the fashion industry and things like mm -hmm. that and those kinds of industries are also a bit more uh, socially social media friendly in terms of they've got videos that tell people like their experiences and things like that but don't even stop it there i think it's also really important to utilize that student title and go out and talk to people and if you're not sure about what you want to do or what you want to pursue Go and talk to four people who've already been in your shoes or who who have done something that you are kind of interested in and just really understanding the day-to-day -day of that. Because what I realized as well post-university is that you going into, for example, the marketing industry, there are actually so many niches within the marketing industry. Um, the types of like whether digital marketing, advertising, um, but as well, it's like broken up into depending on how the industry is structured, of course. But quite common is, are you going to do in-house brand marketing? Are you going to do agency marketing? 
there's so many nuances of it. And until you really go and talk to these employees who live and breathe it, you really don't know. You, it's, yeah, everyone did a marketing degree, but what their day-to-day life is completely different. Someone who works on performance marketing has a very different uh, day-to-day schedule or types of work that they're exposed to compared to someone who does traditional print media or um, agency marketing, um, marketing consulting. There's just so many different streams and you yeah. really don't know until you start talking to people. So the biggest I, thing is probably, yeah. yeah, start talking to people. <laughs> I think that this goes into a broader um, advice, right? You just mm. t- talking to people is very important and networking is very important. Mm. And a tip I like to give is people love talking about themselves and they love giving advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Because when they, you ask like someone us. about, yeah when you ask someone about their experience and they they like let's say um someone comes up to you and asks for your experience and they're in a their shit situation they don't know what to do they come to you for advice it makes you it makes you feel like you have something to say right and mm. also because they're in a, in a shit situation you kind of feel like you have to pull something out and try to help them so maybe giving a life story maybe say um saying something that people people like doing that people um as as the media likes to portray like people are evil but generally people are very nice people are most people are, yeah, are human and pretty much yeah everyone has their good days and bad days and please remember that as well like don't take things to heart honestly that's also i think this is a it's like a whole another different podcast but it's it's the whole um, not taking things to heart, and people actually really don't care. Mm. That itself, I, yeah, that, that's a whole other topic. But um, realistically, you want to make an impression, and first impressions do count. Um, but you reaching out for as a student or to find out more about their job, you're doing that out of earnest. You're doing that out of personal curiosity. There's there's no real bad intention behind it. So I don't think that's a negative that's a that's not a bad first impression that whatsoever. It's just it shows that you're curious and that you're willing to go out and find out more information. Because in the end, people want to hire and people want to get things done. And people want doers, really. They they want thinkers and they want doers. And you can only display that when you go and execute something or action something. Yep. If you're living in your brain, no one else can actually hear it. No one else can know what you're thinking or the great things that you're thinking about doing or that you want to do or the interests that you have until you voice them or just bring them out into reality. Completely agree. Mm. Um, so going back a bit, mm-hmm. what's your experience with working during uni? Going, so for me, just to give context, I did first year full psych and then I jumped to do um, double marketing, commerce marketing and psychology. And I worked through my, all of my years of university. Um, I personally have always enjoyed working. Um, I like having my own income. That's probably the main reason. 
but as well it was just that exposure of working in different environments working in different teams working in different brands um, I started working as soon as I legally could so I actually I've, I've been through quite a number of places actually I think I when I was interviewing um, for a top tech firm I reviewed my last decade and I think I've worked under 20 different brand names or company right. names very impressive time. <laughs> yeah um but obviously i'll go into detail another time mm -hmm. if anyone's ever really curious <laughs> but realistically working during university i think is great because one it teaches you time management time management d discipline and prioritization you have a finite amount of hours in a day and a finite amount of days a week and there's only so much you can do and it needs to be it's also a planning exercise, just being organized. Um, what you want to get done, you're juggling your homework, juggling your assignments, juggling your group assignments. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyone at university or anyone's university know exactly what I mean by when I say that in that particular turn about group assignments. <laughs> um, but it's also juggle, oh, just getting exposure to more working life, um, that's not so much structured or in a safe zone. When you're studying in university and in high school and any other form of education, it's kind of like a safe learning space. It's like you're you're expected to make um, make mistakes, but you're also in a learning position. Whereas in the workforce, you have to deal with other people. You don't get a choice as well. Um, you do get a choice of working there, of course, but in terms of the teams that are already there and things like that, most of the time you don't really get too much of a choice. Um, the type of work that you do, um, what you get exposed to and things like that, you just have to learn to also adapt. Um, adapt to changing times. For example, when I was working in retail at one of my jobs, I think I went through a number of managers. Um, and obviously, like, I have no bearing on this managerial selection. But it's the fact that you have to learn to deal with different bosses. You have to deal with different teammates and different structures, different policies. Um, but yeah, I, I do have, I think retrospectively, me thinking about it now, I do wish that, I, I don't think I regret anything, but I would say that I would have probably wanted a fuller university life i didn't because i was working from the get-go i was working as soon as i legally could as i said so that being said i missed all of my orientation weeks so where you're joining all of your clubs or looking at the different societies and things do you like regret that. that um i think i definitely i don't regret my choices because in the end you know what i got was um the experiences that i had in the end but it's more so that because, like, as we said, the university experience is the is an important and very short period in life. Um, so in that sense, it would have been great to also have that fuller university experience because I have friends who were really embedded into society. Um, very early on in stage, and that's also what that's do you mean by embedded in society? In, <laughs> no, it's sorry. This is where the tip comes in. Go to your orientation week, 
because that's also where you make all your friends. Yep. <laughs> because realistically, that's where everyone is a newbie. That's where everyone is having a clean slate. And that's when everyone whatever, wants friends. Exactly. That's when everyone wants friends or is able to like pick up as many friends as possible. Because mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, as you go through second, third, and fourth year, one, people are less interested in picking up new friends <laughs> because yep. they just go to class or like the and then enthusiasm they go home. dies down. The enthusiasm realistically dies down because it's not it's not their like the university's experiences lack any they're lacking. It's more so that you know the work gets harder, the workload becomes bigger, um, you become more time poor, you start working, start doing internships and things like that. So the prime time to meet people and make as many friends as possible is orientation. Yeah, this this goes for every start of semester, right? Every yes. semester, I I tell myself, okay, going to but especially tutorial, first like, year, especially first. Yeah, year. especially first year. I remember going to every tutorial, like start of semester. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be extra extroverted. I'm gonna make <laughs> friends. I'm gonna crack up jokes. I'm not gonna be afraid yeah. to like speak up yeah. and. I think that's the the kind of the um, mindset everyone, most people go into the first class because they kind of want to make a good impression mm. and they want to make good friends so they have good people to do the assignments with. Mm, exactly. That yeah, as well. It, yeah. Hey, that's strategic, okay? Yeah. So, so. On, in the, in well, throughout the three years of my uni, uni I kind of noticed this. Everyone goes in the first class kind of um, more open. Then mm. as as the semester goes on, less and less people come, and the people who mm-hmm. do come, they're just quiet. They just don't yeah. talk anymore. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so. and that's very very common. But yes, the whole first year experience is something that I didn't really really have. Um, even and as well, it's it's and I stress that like first year is important. Just give it your all. Like don't even care whether you look silly and things like that, because yeah, as time goes by, things change. But also the other thing is the really great thing and skill that you learn from this exercise is the very basics of networking. So when I say that, (laughs) it's not even just, you know, you're building your future work network. Right now, you would be building your university network in terms of getting the experiences, getting the information that you are, um, you want to know about. For example, if you, manage to uh, make like a, like a small circle of friends, like good friends, which is great um, in first year. And, but you're interested in changing degrees, but you actually don't know too much about it. But it just so happens that one of your friends are doing that degree. So you can actually tap into their knowledge base, like, hey, well, how's your experience been, things like that. But not even just that, you're tapping into their network. If you obviously build a good rapport and everything with them, um, they're like, oh, I have a friend who's doing engineering. Like, do you want to talk to her type thing? Or do you want to talk to him? And that's realistically the basics of networking. And that will carry on into your work life. Because realistically, all of the people that you go to class with will eventually end up in the workforce. And you honestly don't know where everyone's going to end up. Um, yep. that's also Everyone another... keeps telling me never burn bridges because <laughs> one day they might be your boss. and. That, that's not bad, advice. <laughs> not bad advice at all but um but realistically it's not so much you know be afraid and like you know walk on eggshells type thing but it's you know put your best foot forward um be as positive and helpful to everyone because people remember that 
that whatever you do is also your brand. But also be forgiving for yourself because you are university students. You can make mistakes and it's not in the long run. It it's, doesn't mean too much realistically. Um, but yeah, it's definitely for anyone who is currently going to university or has even graduated university now, like thinking about where have all your first year friends ended up? Like one, did you stay in contact with them? Um, did they stay in the same degrees? Um, what companies do they end up with? Or like some people, like not even just work It's like, are some of them married? <laughs> I, I went through a phase of um, being very surprised when like certain, like some of our friends are getting married and things like that very early on in their life mm-hmm. or they'd be moving overseas and things like that. And it's just, just the walks of life that people end up choosing, which is so great. Yeah, I think we're running out of time. We honestly yes. talked a lot <laughs> we about do. this. Yeah. But um, just to wrap it up, I, I guess the final advice we would give to high schools is, well, from, from what I, I think is um, don't try to stick to one formula. There's no formula to, to life. We're mm. all kind of on our way. Mm. No pun intended. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think for for me, it's don't stop asking questions and also don't be afraid. As, as cliche as that sounds, but seriously, just don't be afraid and leverage what you have. Even if you think that you don't have any leverage whatsoever, you do. And we just explained that, obviously, being a student. But um, yeah, just gun for it and if you change your mind down the track you change your mind down the track and then you make the next best decision then but yeah don't hold back because you got nothing to lose literally (laughs) (laughs) yep um before we end off Mm -hmm. i don't really have a question because Um... i think uh, we're almost running really strict on time right now but um, one thing i really want to talk talk about very last thing is Mm. I think I want to touch on like um, our experience as podcasters. Mm, okay. Um, because this is very new and being like the theme as on our way, I kind of want the an the inflection ju- point. Yeah, inflection. The journey of the podcast itself as as ongoing story. Mm-hmm. Because I like that. yeah, because it kind of helps. Hopefully, if we. Make it big, woo, ho, ho. Um, we don't need to can... make it big. It's just the fact that this exists is good enough for me, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, in the future, I can look back and say, oh, what struggles uh, I've I've faced. And um, it just reminds me, yeah, like what we said, it's a time capsule. Mm, so, this is a time capsule for yeah. us, realistically. Yeah. So what would the question be? Not really a question. It's just something I want to say and just speak and put it out there is mm. if you haven't noticed, we for the listeners we've mm. actually had a um a logo now oh yes we do <laughs> designed by our very close friend michelle mm-hmm. shout out to michelle thank you very much we love you <laughs> <laughs> um and i actually really like the logo yeah it's pretty cool yeah. it's very appropriate and suitable and mm-hmm. it's very awesome yeah and I, why I think it's very appropriate is because 
like when we wanted to design it, we we went to Michelle asking asking her for ideas. We we wanted something to resemble 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 um, on your way. So that's why the paper plane was very um, appropriate. And she put in the 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 lines loop uh, indicating the path of the plane, which is very very symbolic as well because behind the if you if you're looking at the logo right now behind the plane there's a loop and going upwards right i really like the loop because that kind of signifies like sometimes in life you kind of go go backwards or like mm, you don't go in a straight downs. line yeah, yeah there's up and downs and but to um towards. and in front yeah and towards uh towards the front of the plane it's it's going up and mm. you don't really know what way and way it ends so you don't know where life's going to go, but it's always going to go up. <laughs> Let's hope yeah. so. Yeah. Regardless, it's it's just an adventure. And that's what we, I think that's why we resonate so much with the title. Mm-hmm. Um, conversations on our way, because yeah, we don't know where we're going to end up, but we're we're enjoying the ride and we're yeah. we're here for the ride as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to be very happy like when I'm 60 and suddenly stumbling upon this podcast i'm like oh yeah i i did this <laughs> i did do this and going through all the episodes that we did it's gonna be fun yes i'm gonna yeah. call me up for that we'll have a glass of wine and or yeah. whatnot oh, that would be maybe, fun maybe hmm. Hmm? for the next episode the question mm-hmm. could be what what will you hope to be in when you're year 60 for the last uh, question I, I i already have an answer to that but i think I think we'll cut it off there. You'll have to yep. listen to the next one <laughs> to find out. Cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> All but right. guys, yeah, thanks for thanks for the time and for hope you enjoy me. Please it. like, subscribe, and co- leave a comment down below. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> All right. YouTubers, now I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good night, everybody. See ya. Bye.